I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Nativity Stories. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Alternativity Stories, a month-long look at alternative stories set around the most wonderful time of the year. And it is wonderful to have Mr. Angry Andrew Knowles back on the podcast. Welcome, sir. Hello, you son of a gun, you. Thank you for having me again. Well, it's marvellous to be here. It's it's marvellous to have you on. Like, this is my first podcast recording in my new flat. Not a lot of people yes. can see this. Nobody can see this. Uh, I can see it over camera. It. Oh, the gorgeousness. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Look yes. at that ambient lighting. Brilliant. <laughs> It's all about ambient light. It's all about the ambience. The ambience. Uh, so I have brought you. I have. Uh, I've brought you back. Well, first of all, I want to wish you happy holidays because it is that oh, time of year again. It um, is that time of year. A merry Christmas to all and to all a, a, a sharp knife. <laughs> sharp knife. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of sharp knives, you definitely have to check out me and Andy's. Re- well, not review, but our. I guess a retrospective, maybe yes, on a discussion discussion on uh, Rambo First Blood, or First Blood, as it's also known. Yes. Um, that's uh, another alternative nativity story, as it is also set on Christmas, but it's a, an excellent video, so definitely go check that out. Um, listen to this first, though. Definitely listen to oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen to don't, this first. Don't, don't go anywhere just yet. Stay stay yeah. on board. Stay. stay right here. Don't move. Don't, don't you move. You, don't you dare. Or you'll, you'll get the Rambo knife. You'll get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right in the right in the ghoulies, right in the ghoulies. So, um, so I've I've picked a lovely alternative Christmas story, uh, full of full of um, goodwill to to all men and you know aliens and various riddled other things. with holiday cheer. It is and, riddled and brain sucking <laughs> and bullets and lots of bullets, mm. alien guns, you name it. We are going to be talking about "I Come in Peace" from 1990 a.k.a. Dark Angel, uh, which I think is a bit of a generic title myself, Dark Angel. I think there's a lot of other... Yeah, it was the international title, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's like, okay, I guess that will do. Is it? I think the director preferred that title, but I'm, I'm not a massive fan because I just think of Jessica Alba when I think of Dark Angel, you know? Yeah, I think that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's more, more yeah, the popular thing. That title in America because of several films that were titled the same... And they were worried that people wouldn't realise what it is. So, yeah. yeah. I come in peace. Yeah. and I mean, it's a, it's a line of dialogue that's repeated in the film, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a Dolph Lundgren action movie, you know, where he plays the lead. It's kind of a buddy cop thing. However, he's usually after regular drug dealers, but this time, drug dealers from outer space. My <laughs> word. <laughs> I, I like I like these because you always make me watch films that I've probably you know come across once or twice before, but 
I just skip them by her, but you forced me to watch them. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, what's what's this? This almost tops the Christmas cake. It's it's the Christmas pudding, and this is the fire. It's just burning incessantly in my brain. This film, this bloody film of yours. I come in peace. I come in peace. Do you, do you come in peace? Uh, not in this video, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast, rather, we're recording it video-wise and uh, podcast-wise, aren't we? Oh yes, yes, we're we're doing both. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you to describe the movie or or to kind of tell us what the plot is. It, it sounds a bit weird, and it, it definitely is. So basically, Dolph Lundgren is chasing sort of like a group of drug dealers, and at the same time. Uh, all these mysterious murders start happening, which they initially think is linked to the drug dealers, but obviously it's not. It's linked to an alien drug dealer who is harvesting some hormone, isn't he? What, I can't is it which endorphins? I think it's endorphins. Endorphins, yes. Yeah. He's harvesting endorphins to create this super drug that these alien species enjoy. And at the same time as Dolph Lundgren hunting this alien drug dealer, the drug dealer himself is also being hunted by an alien bounty hunter. And my God, it just goes off the wall, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely mental. I mean, the plot like loses itself several times. Come the end of the film, it's like, I, God, I just, I almost lost track of what was happening. Like I said to you earlier before we started recording, that the main drug dealers that you see at the start kind of vanish about, about, about an hour in, yeah. oh, about 45 minutes in, and then they just turn up in the last 10 minutes. And you're like, oh, it's them. And then they get horrifically blown away. And it's like, okay, so they were never really that important to the plot. They were just there to kind of set things up. And yeah, they just well, die. Really strange. It's really strange. Like just these these low level gangsters are still roaming around <laughs> causing mischief. And it's like, all right. It, it, it gets like, there's a bit, uh, it's Victor Manning, the, the crime boss um, that he's after, the Dolph Lundgren's character. I think he's called Kane. I think that's his character's name. It's Kane, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, Jack and Kane. Jack Kane. Yeah, couldn't couldn't get a more generic kind of action hero name, could you? Bloody hell! Um, but yeah, he's after Victor Manning, and there's this basically there's this at the, in the beginning. Well, in the beginning, you get these guys stealing drugs from the police station, and then these two these two guys are like, uh, "You better get a like get into the car," and they're like, "You better drive." And he's like, "Why? Why? You better drive." He's like, "Just keep driving," and then the whole police station blows up, and the guy's like, "Why did you do that?" And he's like. No witnesses. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous because they go to every effort to, you know, keep themselves like hidden in the police yeah. station. They rob police they infiltrate. They properly infiltrate, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They do everything by the book. Like they, they go to like, the weapons locker and everything, hand these drugs in and whatever, and do like a little swap and a trade. And then when they leave, they just blow the place up anyway. And it's like, you didn't have to do all that. You could have just ran out of the building and detonated it and killed everyone and everyone. Nobody knew. All they would find is a body in about an hour, two hours of the copper that they killed to rob his police uniform. And then they'd still be gone. But no, they just detonate everything. And there's literally, it's not even like a mild explosion. The entire building is vaporized. 
<laughs> do, do you, so I, I can't remember if you even see them setting a device or a bomb or anything. No, it's implied it's like, that it's in one of the suitcases or something. That right. they put, oh, God. What is in that suitcase? It's like a nuclear bomb. A thousand tons of C4 in a tiny yeah. briefing. All right, okay. Miniature. Um, one of those criminals is actually in one of our favourite films, Andy. It's uh, the actor Kevin Page is the same man who gets blown away at the beginning of RoboCop by Ed 209. Oh, it is, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but please don't know. You have two <laughs> seconds to comply. La, la, la. You know, all that yeah, good, is, all yeah. that good stuff. And uh, yeah, I love that bit of the, one of the lines is later on. Shame about Kenny. <laughs> like, yeah. Shame about him. Oh, well. Um, <clears throat> speaking of yuppies, which, uh, which uh, there is a lot in the RoboCop, a lot of yuppie stuff. Um, yep. the, cr- the criminal gang in this are yuppies. They're described, they're called the white boys. Um, they, I mean, they are all white, um, but they're like <laughs> this, this kind of, this kind of um, hoity-toity kind of uh, criminal empire. Um, and, and in that, in that kind of initial into, there's that drug deal that's going on. Um, Kane's partner's undercover. He's speaking to Victor Manning. He's like, "What's your name?" Yeah, and starts asking him like more personal questions and stuff. And it's probably got the best line in the film. This guy who gets killed, he goes, he goes. Um, so uh, what university did you attend? And he goes, the uni- <laughs> University of Suck My Dick. <laughs> oh, oh. Fantastic line. But yeah, he kind of, I think he's great. I think the guy who plays Victor Manning is, is a really good yeah. actor. And, and there's, there's a bit later where Victor Manning is, he's in Rio and he sent, he sent the detective, he sent Dolph Lundgren a photo of himself with two topless women in Rio. Yeah. It's going like, hey, your partner's dead. See you soon. Love you. Bye. <laughs> kind of thing. And he's like, what a dick. <laughs> what a real dick. Um, but it's a real shame. throw away at the same time. He's like, where's the resolution? Well, the, uh, we'll talk about it later, but there is there was yeah. talk of a sequel or sequels yes. potentially. Yeah. And they kind of... Yeah, they did. They kind of set it up a little bit. There's a there's implications that they're there's a suggestion that they're going to take their holiday in Rio, which is where yeah. Victor Manning is. Anyway, so so there's this drug deal that's going on. Well, before that, so so it's kind of weird. There's like almost three different introductions. You've got the introduction of the alien. This is guy with a CD player. Like the Christmas angle comes in really early and really they go really hard on it. So you've got you've got uh, Christmas songs playing. You've got it crashes into a Christmas tree lot. There's Santa somewhere. There's a picture of Santa somewhere. So they're, they're like, this is Christmas. Like, this is hardcore. It's not like uh, Rambo where it's kind of like briefly in the yeah, background. It's like, he even, I think he even says, you know, something. It makes a reference to Christmas as well, all within that opening scene. Alien crashes down, kills him. And it's got one of, one of the more interesting um, weapons in cinema that I've seen. Um, a, a fires CDs at people, like Razor CDs. I don't know whether, does he... Does he, does he capture the CD and change it for his own device? Or is it? Is it literally he has discs? I think that's just, yeah, I think it's just a weapon that looks like CDs, I think. I've got a poster on here, like one of the posters for when the film came out, and it looks more like a buzzsaw. But yeah. in the film, it is literally just a disc, like a CD disc, like a compact disc thing. I don't know whether like the design and the execution didn't really work out, yeah. and they, they wanted it to look more threatening or whatever, but yeah. It's, it's literally just firing Nerf CDs at people. I re- it reminds me of a Hellraiser 3. Um, probably, you probably haven't seen Hellraiser 3. No, I've seen the first two. I didn't go any further than that. 
I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but there's a, they create loads of new Cenobites in number three, and one of them is a guy who shoots CDs at people, and he's got, like, CDs lodged in his head. It was utter shite. <laughs> that, that, I'm guessing that's for the people that were, like, hardened. No, tape must live forever. Don't yeah, worry, probably. we'll people who fire CDs at all these kids. Yeah, take that. <laughs> um, they, the way they film the CD, because basically the CD kind of... We'll call it a CD or a bl- circular blade. Um, it kind of bounces off everyone, doesn't it? It's kind of a ricochet-based thing. Some, I don't know how that works, but somehow. Um, and yeah. what they did with that is they put it on a st- they put the CD on a steady cam and then they ran it into the actors. <laughs> so so they've got this they've got the steady cam. You've got the CD in front of the camera, yeah. and then they're just running at the actors with the CD, and they're going, ah! you know, that sort That's of thing. Really cool. I like uh, that. I mean, it, uh, it works to a degree. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you get that, and and Kane is so yeah. So we've had the alien crash lands starts yeah. extracting the endorphins from that first guy. Then you've got the big explosion we talked about. Then you've got this drug deal with Manning and his and yeah. Kane's partner, who I can't remember. But yeah, so that happens, and then there's a robbery where Kane has to just a regular robbery. Kane has to go and intervene. And here's a great bit of trivia. There's this is amazing roundhouse kick that Dolph Lundgren gives the actor. Turns out the actor missed his mark and actually got kicked and knocked out. Dolph Lundgren did an actual proper full roundhouse kick and knocked the guy clean out. A lot of these shots are probably one shots or whatever, single shot takes, and you can see it. Like you can see the foot connect with the guy's face. Because I, mean, I, I was reading the trivia before I put it on, and when it got to that point, I went, "Oh, that must have been it." So I put it back. And I tried to put it on like dead slow motion and you can see it like connect with his face mm. and then almost like goes to sleep immediately. He's like, oh, <laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Go to sleep. Um, to be fair, like a big guy like, you know, Dolph Lundgren, I was surprised he could do a, like a roundhouse kick, but it, it was pretty, pretty good, you know, pretty good kick for, for, for yeah, him. It is quite, it's quite, uh, it's quite smooth in this film, isn't it? With a lot of his action, a lot of stunt work, so... I, th- I think one of the best things about the film is the stunt work and the action scenes. I think they are, you know, just amazing. I think they're good. I think they're really, really good. I think all the all the other bits kind of are, are here or there, depending yeah, on yeah. on how. But the action is is stellar and it's good, proper nineties action. I mean, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it as well. So if you're looking for an action movie, this is, you know, is that. And again, it's got that kind of alien. You know, almost a bit like a predator twist as well, kind of thing. Yeah, going well, on. we're going to mention that in a bit. Literally, it's just there's so many hints and references and sort of like parts that they've borrowed from other films that kind of factor into this. Oh, yeah. Like you're saying with the action, the the guy who played the extraterrestrial drug dealer Talek, uh, Matthias Hughes, I think. Yeah, I think so. Wrong. But he was six foot five. And they couldn't find a stunt double big enough to basically, you know, do all the stunt work for him. So he did all the stunt work himself. So when he's running along like the, the cars when they're blowing up behind him and he's like dot he's running through all this fire and whatever, he literally did all that himself because they couldn't find the stunt double that big <laughs> to cover him. So a bit of appreciation there, I think, in terms of like, you know, because there are a lot of explosions in this film, more than you'd probably assume going into it. There's loads of explosions, there's loads of gunfire. Loads of times when he's jumping through windows and climbing over cars and running over cars and things like that. Bit of appreciation from me there in terms of like you know the action and what he did specifically, you know, as well as Dolph Lundgren, but more so I think with Matthias Hughes as the alien because he did it all himself. Yeah. And it's not 
It's not a great character. It's a little bit windy in places. And um, it's a bit, it's a bit, could, one, it's a bit one note, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I think it's just like that was the design, that was the idea. It copies Predator, but he says the same thing all the time. But I think it's like, you know, for what he was doing himself, I think it's great. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he's one of the stronger elements of the film. Like, I like I like um, every time you see him like extract the endorphins from people, you see a little bit more of the process. Like, yeah, it is the same process over again, over and over again. And I <clears throat> may- maybe we see it too m- many times, but yeah, I think so because it just, it just becomes filler after like the f- second time, really. Yeah, like I'd like it if he did it in a like a slightly different way or it was a different method, but it's it yeah. it, it feels like. I, I, that's how they change it. Like every time they do it, they show a little bit more of the process, or a little bit more of like you, you'll you'll see the knife going in, but then you won't see the the thing being extracted. You'll see the you'll see the little snake thing go in, the little wire go in, but you won't yes. see the you won't see the knife, things like that. But I yeah, I, I think I think maybe one or one or two more of the, of those would have been too much. I I tell you what I do like. I do like that the. the the protagonists in the in the in the film, Dolph Lundgren and I think it's is it Brian Benben? Is it yeah, Brian Benben. Brian Benben. What a La- name. As, uh, as agent Arwood Larry Smith. <laughs> what a name! What a name! <laughs> but I'm I, I'm glad that they don't kind of find out that like we know it, the audience knows it's an alien like yeah. straight away like very very almost like Terminator he arrives kind of you know yeah, yeah. There's, there's no spaceship it's just like I'm here. I'm an alien. It's not until maybe about, I mean, I think 40 minutes in, 45 yeah. minutes in, they, they actually, they go, yeah, pretty much. And, and I think that helps in kind of setting up the kind of the cop work and the partnership and the buddies and the, and dealing with the feds and all that other stuff. I'm, I'm glad that kind of, we know what's coming. Like we can see he's doing this and we can, we get an idea of what's happening. Um, yeah. but, but they're not like, it's not like straight away, like, Oh my God, aliens, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad it was a gradual, it was more gradual. It wasn't just like, I see an alien, I'm going to shoot him. And then that's it. It's just chasing yeah. down an alien. Um, that we see the characters, see them develop, see that relationship, uh, that, you know, uneasy buddy cop relationship develop. I'll be honest. I think some of the dialogue is not great and the banter is not yeah. that great. Yeah. The dialogue is, is pretty shocking to be fair. Yeah. That's one of my major gripes about the film is like I don't buy any point of the dialogue at all. I zoned out quite a few times when they were like talking about meaningless things between the two of them. I mean, the body cop stuff is great and everything, but I'm not entirely convinced by the pairing of the two actors. Yeah. I don't know why. There's just something about it. I mean, they both do really well, Dolph Lundgren and Brian Benben, they both do really well. I think it's just a bit too like polar, uh, polarized. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's hard to explain because you want you want your buddy cops to have two differing outlooks, two b- differing ways of approaching it, like lethal weapon. But at the same time, I think they're just too far apart. It it it, it takes an incredible leap of sort of like um, logic. Yeah, leaping logic to get to the point where you go, oh, okay, the friends now at the yeah. end because they are so far apart initially and with so little time left in the film you know it kind of just happens all at once when they they're both on the same wavelength and i just don't i don't buy it but that's all to do with the writing i think the the writing and the script just doesn't help help them but they both do both do great you know with what they've got and do i I was gonna say i was gonna say their um, their chemistry is great i think their chemistry it really shows and i think it kind of picks up 
where that yeah. di dialogue lets it down. So it is, it, is, it is just literally like lines of dialogue from um, from Brian Ben Ben. Some of some of his lines just don't fit his character, and I think that's a shame, really, because I think he's really trying to, you know, come across as somebody who wants to be by the book and everything. And it works. It works in principle when you see them, you know, going through sort of like you know their approach to the situation, especially when they're investigating the, the the murder scene when they piece together that it was some kind of ricocheting object going off the roof, off the off the walls. You can see that sort of like relationship coming together where the agent Arwood is like sort of you know really methodically trying to think about it. I've done this before. I know how to do this. And Dolph is like, well, what happens when you you come across something that you can't explain? And he goes, well, I, I don't know. You know that it works then because they're like, okay, they're both learning off each other. Yeah. So, you, but the, the dialogue just doesn't help them at all. No, and I think I think having I think it really shows its age when they're interrogating the guy at the bar, and his name is Boner. Yeah. Nineteen ninety for you. And I was like, and but the, my, my favorite line comes after that because he's going, uh, Arwood's in the car, and he's like, he's like, okay, we'll investigate, but you're still being going on report for your mistreatment of Boner. Yeah, and that just made me chuckle. Just yeah, but well, it's little tiny nineteen nineties jokes to try and get a little laugh, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it, it, this this film more than say, I mean, we we talked about First Blood um, a, a, a little while ago, and you know, for a film like that, it doesn't seem to have aged, you know, terribly. But this has this has aged horrifically hmm. um in a good way in some portions because you can have a good laugh of it but yeah in others it's just it it looks bad it sounds bad and <laughs> well it um, is bad it is bad it's yeah it's not i think i think i'm 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 always a bit of an apologist for all these kind of cult and genre films i it's not it's not a perfect action movie but if you're up, if you're up for something <clears throat> go go in knowing what you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be that kind of, you know, an amazing action movie, but it is something different. If you want something different yeah. and if you appreciate there's a cheesy, yeah. If you appreciate there's a cheesy nineties action movie going in a cheesy sci-fi, I think there is a lot, there's, there's enjoyment to be had. It's not, I've not, I've seen a lot worse movies than I come in peace. Um, absolutely seen a lot. I'd like a couple I watched recently, some, dodgy body horror ones where I've, I've, I've barely even watched them really because i'm just like these are not, yeah. these are just not good um <laughs> but there is there's there's things to find in there and some nice stuff um again there are quite a few links to predator uh craig r baxley who directs uh this movie um actually was the stunt coordinator on predator that makes sense that makes sense because there's a lot of stuff especially with uh talek the alien so like the design of his weapons the way he goes about things and stalks people and whatever is very much predator inspired. Mm. Like the, li the little wire thing which comes out, you know, I immediately thought, ah, oh, they've, they've lifted that from the design of predator to a degree. Um, like the alien blood, which is, uh, I think you called it rice pudding or something. <laughs> yeah. It looks like rice. Um, <clears throat> you know, predator's blood was like a bright neon green and this is like, it's just pure white, white and lumpy and, you know, the way that uh, the bounty hunter alien dies is it's immolation. He sort of like self-explodes, doesn't he? Which is very much Predator as well. Like no witnesses, no, uh, no evidence, no witnesses. He's got, the, he's got kind of wrist, wrist gauntlets or braces kind of with, yeah. with technology that you 
does tykes and does stuff. Um, yeah. You know, the blade comes out of it, much like the Predator. The way, fact, the way he extracts things is very much, so the way they extract the endorphins is very much like the way that the Predator, when he's in the tree, sort of like cleans the skull and, you know, tidies that up so it looks all nice. It's very, very methodical, very like a rigid process. He knows exactly what he's doing, knows exactly how to do it. And although he, get, he gets more, you can tell like with Talek, you can tell that he's getting more and more frustrated as the film goes on, more and more desperate. Because he gets interrupted halfway through. I think it's the third attempt to extract mm. the endorphins. He gets interrupted by the bounty hunter, doesn't he? And you can just tell he's yeah. like really, really pissed off. Frustrated. That's, yeah. quite, that's quite good. It's quite good that like he's, got, he's got some kind of emotion rather than just being like a, an emotionless monster. But I did, I wanted more from sort of like dialogue on his part because the, the bounty hunter sort of lays it out you know exactly what's happening is like if you don't stop him more will come and thousands will die and you're like okay they just raise the stakes here it's not just simply a chase movie it's literally yeah. like you've got to prevent an invasion if you don't kill him before he leaves with the endorphins your planet is doomed and it's yeah. like, oh, okay fucking hell <laughs> yeah that's that's a ramped up um yeah. yeah it's it's I mean, it's never really explained why he says I come in peace either. It's kind of just like straight away it just says I come in peace. I think it's just a joke, isn't it? Yeah. Like, because around about the time was when they were like, you know, it was pre-X-Files, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was literally like aliens were a bit jokey, weren't they? So it was kind of like, you know, oh, we come in peace. You know, like little jokey little green men. I think it was just mainly a joke. I guess, I guess in the 80s we had a lot of kind of friendly aliens and we like close encounters et yeah, i think i think that's where it probably stems from it's like you know forget these stupid friendly aliens let's have one who says i come in peace and then launches a disc which pretty much beheads people that was the only thing missing from this film one single beheading well yeah that would be that's, that's just personal personal preference to be quite honest <laughs> and and andy likes beheadings well seriously though when when the when it, when the disc first flew out, I went, "Oh, somebody's going to lose the head here," and it never happened. And I was yeah. a little bit disappointed. I just wanted somebody to be going. <laughs> <laughs> it's quivering, mad, quivering, headless chicken man. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's actually even more kind of links to Predator as well. Since since we're talking about it, we might as well keep going. Well, um, it's part and parcel of the film, isn't it? I mean, oh, absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a very obvious connection. Hmm. So. Yeah, so, we should talk about him, yeah. Yeah, so, so for example, um, Craig R. Baxter, the director, the project he had in mind initially uh, was called Man to Man, uh, which would have had Arnold Schwarzenegger as an alien crash down and then team up with a repo man to uh, – basically, I think he jumped – I think he is he's thrown from his um, spaceship and I think it gets – the crash-landed spaceships gets taken away by like some FBI guys or something. So uh-huh. Ar- Arnie would crash down – uh, and be helped by a repo man played by Dolph Lundgren, and they would try and be like a buddy cop situation where they they've got to get his shit back. However, after Predator, Arnie Arnie's you know um, it became too expensive, so they said we we can't make that film. So he kind of reworked it, rewrote it, and stuff, uh, and it kind of became this film. But another another interesting thing is that like the Predator initially was created in the vein of Ivan Drago because they were like what yeah. what what villain can we make that like a squad of soldiers you know Ivan Drago was like the the villain at the time you know after Rocky 4 so they're like what's better bigger or badder than Ivan Drago and they went an alien that oh that's what can yeah. kill arnie an alien and it can take out a whole squad of 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 highly trained soldiers yeah. 
Um, you know, and then a martial arts master played by Jean Claude Van Damme. I have seen the pictures of that outfit. Oh my god, it's a it's an absolute miracle that Predator became what it is mm. because that outfit with Jean Claude Van Damme would have crucified the film. I think in an alternate universe, it did actually come to fruition, mm. and Jean Claude Van Damme played the Predator, and that film flops. I think in another in another universe, that film is an absolute disaster. I, I believe. I can't believe. Like, I can't believe the difference between that outfit, that costume, to what like the actual Predator alien became and what it looked like. It's like an utter, completely re- complete redesign. It's like it's a different film altogether. It's madness. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it's Stan Winston, wasn't it, who designed Predator? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. It's just quality. He just they've just gone right. We need an we need a decent alien, and they're like, yeah. okay, redo it entirely. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and there you go. And that changed. You can tell, you can you can see some of like the the design choices sort of like crossover from Predator into um, Talek in this. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's quite obvious. Like you know, like a lot of referential points in terms of the way he looks, the way he moves is you know. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to borrow from, no. the, from the greats. You know, borrow from what works, um, yeah. and, that, and that's what the director's <laughs> clearly done. Um, yeah. I do. I do like that. Talek and Azek. So Azek's with a good alien, and yeah, Talek, the Talek's the bad alien. In the credits, they're just known as good and bad alien. I, did, I turned it off straight away as soon as he finished. Um, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's only on like IMDb. Will tell you what they're called because they're never they're never mentioned by name in the film, so you never no, really know. Um, but yeah, so so they're given names on IMDb. So I don't know if the actors were like, "Oh, that'll be my name. That'll be my character's name." Probably. I mean, you got to create you got to create a backstory for your character. So I, I get that. The you know the the alien gun they have in in this the two alien guns. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the director went to the same uh, gun expert as RoboCop and said, make me a gun, but I want it to be cooler than, than RoboCop's gun. <sighs> cooler? Yeah, probably, but iconic? No. Nah, it's not. RoboCop's gun is perfect because of the simplicity of it. It's not about the gun, it's about who's using it. That's, that's the thing with the gun, isn't it? <clears throat> Nobody really cares about sort of like the weapons. I mean, look at them. You could say the same thing about lightsabers, really. Nobody really notices the individual details on lightsabers until after the fact. It's about the people that are using them. So I've got them all over my frigging wall here, and they're all different. They all look different, but you don't notice those finer details. It's literally about the characters that are wielding them. And I think it's the same with this. Yeah, the gun's cool. It causes a mass amount of fucking carnage. Hmm. No ends of trouble. I mean, literally, it's just a an explosive incendiary gun, isn't it? It feels a bit like a video oh, game. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's very much a video game gun. It's like it's like oh, we're taking it to level two, or you're going to get level four, and it's like it's it's kind of like they don't understand it, but they do. But yeah. it's, it's not really explained what if, if it, yeah. there's, a, there's a bit as well which baffles me as well. They're on this big long. It's towards the finale of the film. On this big long walkway, it's kind of suspended walkway in this thing. Yeah. And the alien shoots directly at I think it's Dolph Lundgren or you know all the uh, the everyone else involved on this very long straight walkway shoots directly at them and still misses this obviously this gun is massively explosive mm. explosive and and just mm. it's a massive ball of flame usually after it's fired how how can he miss like how how can that that I how yeah. can that miss I did, I don't get it like yeah it's just the convenience of it uh, of it isn't it it's just like 
Take because 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 they establish it as being you know a gun that explodes with every single shot. Mm. It's literally like when they get to those points, like oh, we're kind of put ourselves in a corner here. Yeah. Do uh, we, just, do we, we just make a bigger explosion? Yeah, I mean, like you're saying with the levels, when they like it's the, the guns got different four uh, four different firepower levels. Mm. I don't they didn't notice the the differences between any of them. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see, like you know, like. Judge Dredd's gun in um, Dredd with Carl Urban when he like activates different settings and you see those different settings, you know, work and whatever. You know, they should have done something with that, like maybe setting one's just a simple ray gun, setting two is, you know, like uh, something a bit more heavier and then setting four is the explosions and the chaos. Maybe that's what they were going to go with originally, but budget, you know, yeah. just overran the film, maybe, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like the <laughs> gun to kind of shift and change as well into the different settings. Yeah, something like that. Just a little bit of extra detail, you know. Yeah, but um, still that will offset the differences, make it seem more alien because it's, the gun was based on a real gun. I can't remember what it was called, but I think it's a, cal- a calico. I think it was a calico. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but the, all these guns, like Robocop's gun, you know, heavily influenced by like a Desert Eagle. Yeah, I mean, it does look good, but at the same time, when you really look at it up close, it's a big heap of plastic. You know, so yeah, yeah. I don't think he got his wish when he asked for a cooler gun than um, Robocop's gun. There you are. No, it's uh, well. What you get? What you're gonna do? You can only you can only request the best. Um, <laughs> but, um, the the director actually went on to well, I think it was so before he, he directed like three kind of cult classic kind of action movies in a row. So you had you had Action Jackson with Carl Weathers. <laughs> kind of a bit of a cult classic and then after this he he, he created uh, directed stone cold which is kind of like a biker action biker movie with i think it was a nfl star i think it was brian bosworth i want to say uh yeah it rings a bell yeah i think La- lance henriksen's is one of the main villains yeah i was gonna say kind of um it's um, yeah, Brian Bosworth and Lance Henriksen. Yeah, there yeah. You go. That's the one. and I think the other, I think the other villain is um, the guy, the guy from Juice Bigelow who's always trying to show him his dick. That one, <laughs> it's that guy. I can't remember his name. He's like, look at this. Is this normal? Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I like him. He's a good actor. But yeah, I heard, I heard that the villains got were be, were the the best thing about that movie. Um, yeah. They got they got to write a lot of their own dialogue. Apparently. Um, what did you think of the 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 coroner, the female the female love interest for uh, Dolph Lundgren or Officer Kane? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of action movies around about this time sort of like struggled with like a female character in you know within the films. They a lot of the times they just felt crowbarred in. I mean, is she called Betsy Brantley? I think or something. I, I honestly can't yeah, yeah. I can't think of a name. Yeah, yeah, Betsy Brantley. I mean, to be fair to her, she's quite solid. She's got like um, you know, pretty you know, pretty intense sort of attitude towards Dolph Lundgren's character that kind of offsets her and puts her sort of like in between, you know, both uh, Jack and Larry Smith. You know, Larry Smith, what a name. <laughs> For an FBI agent, come on, think of something better. Jesus. But yeah, she kind of sits like pretty well in the middle in between of the in between them but i don't know i i kind of missed a lot of what she was saying what she was doing i, I kind of think she just got a bit in the way especially in the final third you know yeah. in the way which is it's unfortunate really but like i said that is a 
a major sort of like flaw with action movies that a lot of the time the female characters are in there and they're not given much to do and in the end they just seem to get in the way and it's through no fault of the actresses it's literally yeah. a problem with the action movie genres that you just don't didn't know what to do with female characters other than make them pretty and make them in distress or yeah. put an AK-7 in them in their hands and one or the other yeah, um, I, I, I did. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think I do think she is shoehorned in. I don't. I don't think the. I think the only reason she's she's in there really is to explain what the alien is doing and why he's doing it, like the whole endorphin thing. Um, yeah. If you, you know, if you could synthesize endorphins, you'd have the greatest drug ever. Um, like that's. I think that's why she's there. And then I think yeah. I think they were like, okay, let's slap on a. a a love story, a difficult love story. It's not, yeah. it's not really a love story, I'd, I'd say. Well, exactly. I mean, that's the only problem. Like, a lot of action movies do put a love story on it for no reason at all, rather than just leaving, like, the female character as sort of, like, you know, this independent character that does help or, you know, helps them solve, helps them get to their end their end game. They just put this needless love story in, like, with um, Commando. I watched Commando, you know, quite recently. Commando's got the same thing. They try and shoehorn in a bit of a, like, she starts falling in love with him in the director's cut. It's even more sort of, like, shoehorned in. Mm. It's like, well, it's not, it's not the right format for it. It's not the right film for it. It feels forced and contrived. And, you know, when you look at, like, Die Hard, where the love story, it's, it's not a love story because they're separated and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that acknowledgement that, you know, yeah, my ex-wife is there. I do need to kind of help and, you know, make sure she's safe. But it doesn't intrude on it. It doesn't make it feel awkward. And it feels more realistic because, you know, both of these characters are independent and strong characters. I mean, Die Hard with the female characters, the female character in Die Hard is sort of like, the, sort of like where I look at action movie, you know, female characters. Yeah. Do, they, do they have the same sort of setup and, you know, character she's, strength she's, this character has and more often than not they don't it's only when you get to like alien and aliens um you know and, and terminator with sarah connor in, in terminator 2 then you get you know strong female characters that don't necessarily feel shoehorned in it just it just takes far too long to get to that point i think and that's the the, the unfortunate thing with action movies even now sometimes the female characters just don't have enough to do and that's it's disappointing yeah, I I agree, and and there's there's a there's a bit as well. Like, you, you, Kane is always like promising people he's going to do stuff for them, and he'll never break a promise in this movie. That's his one his one thing. He'll never ever break a promise. So he's even yeah. his, his commissioner's like, promise me you'll go on vacation. Make sure you give me a promise. Um, yeah. The guy, the guy who plays the commissioner is great as well. I think he's really good. Yeah. He's just proper stressed out constantly. Like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Why are we Might doing? Reminded me of Joe Pantolino. Um, oh, God, I can't say his name. Yeah, uh, Pant- Pantoliano? Yeah, from yeah, uh, Bad Boys, where he's just constantly, you fucks, you fucking blow shit up. You fucking, <laughs> look at what you're doing to me, you fucks. <laughs> Woosa, Woosa. Yeah. Reminded me of that, like how just on the edge he is all the time, going, just, just, for God's sake, just don't blow anything up, just mm. fuck off. Have, <laughs> you, on, have, you, have you seen the latest Bad Boys? He's great in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rest of the film isn't that great, to be fair. But yeah, he's he's great for his part. He's great in it. Yeah, he's 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 one of my. I think if we ever did a top five like 
police commissioners or police officials. Oh, yeah. I think he'd be he'd be like number one with a bullet for me. I think um, he's one of my favourites. Just yeah. Um, I also I tell you who I really love in this film as well. The the scientist Kane's scientist friend. Oh yeah, the, the guy who's like just completely on drugs and off his tits on caffeine. Yeah, he's proper mental and he's just like, and he's like bending his legs over his head. He's like, I don't trust you feds. And it's like, yeah, you can tune the disc into K-I-L-L, you know, yeah. all that stuff. He's he's brilliant. I think that's the best scene for like Brian Ben-Ben as well, because he kind of comes into this and he's like, you know, obviously Dolph Gungren just does his own things. He try, you know, he's totally off the books. And he goes into this, this scientist who's quite clearly just taking every drug under the sun and drinking homebrew coffee. And he's kind of like, what the fuck is this? How, how are you doing this? How are you getting away with this? And it's the best, it's the best part for Brian Benman that. Because hmm. he's literally like, you know, I want to take this guy in because clearly he's doing drugs right in front of me. But, you know, we need to get, we need to figure this out. We've got to work it out. So I'm prepared to, you know, lower my guard and go with your flow Mr. Jack Kane, detective. <laughs> see what happens. But yeah, so it's, it's a pretty fun scene. I, I yeah. wanted a little bit more. But that's the thing. It kind of it's, it adds to the annoyance of like the coroner because I feel like it could have maybe merged those two characters and had maybe yeah. Betsy Brown be the same character, you know, does everything off the book, you know. She's you know, and you know a, a coroner but she does all this like weird science testing stuff and you know maybe she is a bit on edge because of her relationship with Dolph Lundgren and she has a distrust for the FBI and all that yeah. well you could have had those two things together and given her character a bit more sort of depth if you like and you could, um, could have made her could have made her as manic as well as manic and as crazy and, and it would have been nice to see like a, a female manic mad scientist sort of type yeah yeah. Um, the one that actually is a functioning sort of mad scientist because she does figure out because of her experience with meddling with science and all this stuff she does figure out that oh crap they're harvesting endorphins to create a drug yeah. you know it kind of fits and I feel like you know that's like take- a mad that's like a mad scientist like how their brain would work they'd be like yeah of course it's an alien and of course they're harvesting endorphins it makes total yeah. sense you know yeah because obviously she'd have like all the all the necessary tools to figure that out because of her weird experiments with anti-gravity and whatever like this other guy's doing and chemicals and homebrew coffee and whatever and because obviously he's quite clearly taking drugs it kind of fits better to have yeah. that sort of thing she figures out oh fuck this alien is harvesting this to make a drug i know this because i take drugs and I'm a fully licensed coroner. You know, it kind of it works. And again, that just laments. Obviously, they just they may have flitted with that, that idea at some point and gone, no, get another character in there in, entirely. Mm. And that's probably disappointing, even more so when you think about it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think you've already in that in that one kind of sentence, you've already massively improved the film for me by doing that. Like that would have been, you know, you could I can imagine like a kind of um, do you remember do you remember like Kate McKinnon in the Ghostbusters reboot? Yeah, like, yeah, like that that type of thing. Like I could imagine that, and I, I would have loved to have seen that. But again, yeah, there would have been some logic to her going with them at the end because she knows the weaponry because obviously. Um, you know, the mad scientist guy, he manages to trap the disc to stop it flying. So you could have had something playing along with there going, oh, okay, well, you're coming with us because you kind of know how to stop this thing. 
you know, even if she doesn't end up doing that, you know, to help in that way, it would have been a bit more credible that she's going there with some knowledge of the weapon as well as the drug that he's trying to escape with because she just goes there because she knows that he's got the drugs. There's no reason for her to be there in the final action bit of the film, is there? Yeah, not really. I mean, there's there's one of the annoying bits I found with her as well is obviously he's made this promise they're going to go on holiday. He's, he's just going to swear off this case. He's not bothered anymore. The feds have got it, whatever. And she goes, okay, yeah. And then obviously he finds the corpse of the alien and everything, um, of the good guy alien, the good alien. Um, and that kind of leads them, gives them a lead and they've got to, you know, and then there's a whole other kind of, subplot going on um but there's a bit a bit where lots of stuff going on um but there's a bit where they come out of the apartment with her you know both both the cops uh the fbi guy come out and then those two guys are randomly just shooting at them they just turn up out of the blue again <laughs> and and they're shooting and the alien turns up and they're shooting and she just turns around going goes i'm still waiting for an explanation and it's like, shut up! You're yeah. being shot at, you dickhead. You wouldn't say that. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's one. It's irritating. Yeah. Two. What are you doing? And and three. You're being shot at. The last thing you're going to be you're going to be asking for is an explanation of why this guy is not not fulfilling his promise to you. I just. I was like. I was like. That's a really poorly written female character. That. Yeah. And that's just it. It's, it's just really badly written. Yeah. Um. You know, for the character, for the actor, and is yeah. Like I said, it's just it's part and parcel of the early action movies. It's just like they just did not know what to do with female characters at all, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a it's a shame because like there's a, there's a lot of you know the stuff I really like about it and the stuff where I'm just like if if they don't if they'd only if they'd only done this and if they yeah. only just tried this or spun this or said this yeah. um you know uh, do you think do you think there's a reason that like Dolph Lundgren didn't get to the kind of heights that maybe say maybe even a Steven Seagal like, I'm not a fan of Steven Seagal at all I can't stand his stuff I'm just No I mean the know. only real Steven Seagal film I like is um Under Siege yeah. the very first one but that's only because Tommy Lee Jones is in that film as well. And Gary Busey. And Gary Busey. Gary, oh, Gary Busey's fucking great in that film. Yeah. Can't wait to get that through again. But yeah, um, I don't really know, actually, in terms of Dolph Lundgren's star power. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know whether it's just maybe too late to the game or... I say that because he did quite a lot of films, didn't he? Mm. But they, they, all, they all seem now to be cult movies and not necessarily B-movies, but almost on that level. None of his none of his action movies ever sort of like took off randomly. Like like we said, Rambo took off randomly yeah. as a commercial success. Commando, which came out after Terminator, they didn't think that would do as well as it did, mm. and that was a commercial success. I think a lot of it was just luck, mm. luck, and possibly advertising of the film. So especially especially for like you know like Die Hard, they thought Die Hard would be a flop because it was Bruce Willis. Nobody wanted to see a soap star in an action movie and look what happened. Mm. So I think a lot of it for some of these breakout action movies, it was, and these action stars, it was just literally pot luck. I did. I do quite like that. Like his characters always have something unique about them. Like in this, like he's this kind of no nonsense kind of dirty Harry type cop. But ha actually when you go to his apartment, he's a wine drinker. He has very, yeah, I, was, I found that quite interesting that actually. Yeah, like he's got classy art on the wall, like you know, you know, and, and even his like his his you know the FBI the 
you know, Brian Benben, he's like, oh, this is not what I expected from you. He's like, well, no, yeah. but this is me. Yeah, I, I did actually really like that because you're so used to like leave a weapon where he just lives in squalor and whatever. Mm. Yeah, and he, he looks rough. Dove London's character looks rough and you're like, oh, he's just going to be living in the shit hole. Opens the door. There's a pool table in the middle of the room. Like you said, fine art, a big TV. And you're like, oh, okay. All right, this is interesting. Again, how can he afford? How can all these Americans afford these properties with their jobs? Not possible. Well, you can actually rent a lot of the stuff. To be fair, and pay off in rental. So that's probably what they do. They all rent the cars, don't they? So I'm that's true. generalizing there. Oh, rental, well. the rental market is a is a massive thing in America, isn't it? So. Uh, American listeners, you'll have to tell us. Um, we don't know. Are we make are we making uh, huge generalizations about American people? Have I just stereotyped your entire continent? Please do inform me. And all your culture. Um, for more of that, check out the Rambo video on Angry Andy Reviews. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, well, I, I, I do like that, and I like. Um, I would take. I would if you. If I know you've not enjoyed this hundred percent, but I do quite enjoy. I did quite enjoy watching Showdown Little Tokyo, um, and yeah. he, and he's. I mean, nowadays you'd probably call it cultural appropriation or something like that. But yeah. but he he's very into his kind of Japanese samurai. Um, you know, he's he's got the artwork, he's got the weaponry, he's got the gi, he's got the the kimono, all that sort of stuff. He's very much into the kind of the Japanese culture. Um, yeah. what, what I love about that as well is that you've got Brandon Lee, who is playing a Japanese guy for some reason. Again, probably wouldn't happen today. Um, but he's saying like like I'm Japanese, but I grew up in Miami. You know, I'm from, you know, I'm from Florida. I'm like, this, yeah. I've got no connection to any of this culture. This, my dad's a banker. You know, he's a banker. We've got this is not something I know about or treasure. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm an American. In you know, I'm a Japanese American. Um, but like, but you know, Dolph Lundgren's this like Swiss giant yeah. who's into all this samurai culture and stuff. Um, which yeah. again is again is quite interesting. And again, the kind of buddy stuff plays off in that film i think yeah. these are two those two those are two adolf lundgren's best movies i'd say um yeah. the ones i've seen anyway i've not seen that many um but yeah i, I mean I, the, only, the only other big one that i can think of that probably he, he's overshadowed in is universal soldier with jean-claude yes. van damme yeah i think that was that was the big film for both of them because it was that was massive that was what basically you know other than kickboxer like Universal Soldier was massive for Van Damme. It was absolutely massive. And I think Dolph Lundgren was brilliant in that, playing like just the, the machine, sort of like evil machine. But he gets overlooked in it, hmm. purely probably because it's too Terminatory. Don't know whether that's the yeah, thing, yeah. because it's literally like, uh, in fact, when was it out? Was it out the same time as Terminator 2? Early 90s, maybe 92? 92, I think, Universal Soldiers. Hang on, I'm just going to have a look now. Yeah, 92. Uh, I'll just see when Terminator 2 was out. I, I, yeah, I loved Universal Soldier. I've, I've, I totally forgot, I've totally forgot about that film while we've been discussing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I forgot about it for this, this November action movie thing. I don't actually have it either, which is shocking. I think I, 90, think, so, I Judge, think I used to. Judge, Judgment Day was 1991. Ah, so I'm gonna hazard a guess that when Universal Soldier came out, people latched onto Jean Claude Van Damme's sort of like cyborg turning human, pretty much similar to Terminator 2, but Adolf Lundgren's like complete stoic Terminator performance was completely overlooked. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I I really I really like. 
I, I see Universal Soldier more like uh, a kind of Wolverine and Sabretooth type thing. Yeah, like yeah, very much so. They're, they're kind of these immortal kind of soldiers that are going to be keep fighting. You know, they can't really die per se. Yeah, yeah and definitely. And they've got this, they, they hate each other and they've got this, the animosity and it's just going to keep coming for each other. So I, I see it more, I see it more in that kind of vein. But again, I'm more comic book versed in, in those yeah. kind of, those kind of relationships and kind of things mm. like that. But yeah, that's excellent. Um, Punisher is okay, I think, with Dolph Lundgren. It's, it's, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, again, I've, I've never, I think I've watched it once. Yeah. I've never, never been enamored by it. Yeah. I, 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 I do struggle with it, to be fair, but, you know. I think it's very much in the same kind of, it's in the same vein of all the Dolph Lundgren movies. It's kind of a not amazing action movie. Like all of these, I would say, like, I'd say Universal Soldier is actually pretty good, but I'd say the rest, the rest that we've been talking about are kind of, they're a bit cult. They're, they've probably found a bit of success on VHS, yeah. that type of thing. Um, but they're not necessarily like amazing or, or you know, huge impact on the on the on the world. But if if you're an action, you know, if you're an action guru, um, and yeah. you're you're after something with Dolph Lundgren in, you know, those those are the best of the yeah. bunch. Bunch, I think. Again, yeah. I'm not not seeing a lot of his stuff. The thing he's had he's had a lot of big characters. A lot of big characters. So, like you said, the Punisher, um, Masters of the fucking Universe. Shit, yeah, of course. You know, Pro- He Man, like fucking He Man for fuck's sake. It's mm. like, um, I, I think, and obviously he's got like, you know, Rocky Four as well. I think it's it's literally just, I don't know. I think it's just bad luck. Yeah. That you know that he's not a household name. Um, like people people know who Dolph Lundgren is when they see him. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously, because everybody just goes to Rocky, you know, immediately. If he dies, he dies, you know, that kind of thing. Well, um, he, he, he almost he almost did die, didn't he, when Dolph Lundgren punched him in the chest and he had a heart attack, like a delayed heart attack. Madness, isn't it? Yeah, crazy. But yeah, I mean, I look at just having a quick gander at all of his other films. I mean, there's nothing really else that stands out. Nah. You've got the Expendables, multiple Universal Soldier sequels, but there's nothing really that... Stands out. Oh, he's in, Creed, he's in Creed 2 as well, wasn't he? Yeah, a little cameo. Yeah, I think so. I think he play, he's, he's, he's playing the trainer to his son, so it's like another Drago is, is going yeah. to fight Creed, basically. What did you think of the music? Go, that one kind of came and went, didn't it, as well? Didn't yeah. The, uh, the massive success that the first Creed film had, but yeah. Well, it, was, it wasn't directed by Ryan Coogler, so I think it wasn't going to have that type of... Yeah, it if it were if it weren't coming back because that film was all Ryan Cooler, mm. and and it's yeah. it's written by Stallone as well apparently. So because it was Stallone's idea, and I like, I like Stallone. I got nothing really against him, but sometimes I'm I'm just thinking uh, he's just doing this for a quick book. You know, he's just doing another thing for a quick book. Or sometimes you need new garden furniture. Yeah, true. I mean. <laughs> My, Michael Caine was quite famous for doing films where he's like, "Yeah, I needed a, I needed a patio, so I'm going to do this yeah. film." You know, it, that that's it. He'll do it for a paycheck, and and a lot of actors are like that, you know. And and the smart- Bill Nye said something very similar, didn't he? Like, I'll never turn down a job because I remember what it was like not being able to afford things. Like, yeah. oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair, you know. Yeah, to, there's yeah. there's so there's so many actors like Mickey Rourke's bad for turning down stuff as well. Like, he's just he turns down everything. Turns on some great films, Mickey Rourke. Mm. Like Platoon and um, 
some of the stuff as well. He's he's turned mm-hmm. down lo- some Tarantino stuff as well, I think, as well. Turned yeah. down. So yeah, there's lots and lots of stuff. Um, there was talk of a sequel, Andy. What up until 2016, the director was campaigning for a sequel yeah. to be made. Um, but it was going to be a female male cop duo this time, um, and it was going to be that the the alien was actually pretending to be a cop. So the female alien was going to pretend to be a cop or a fed or something like that. Yeah. And then the male cop would find out, and then they're hunting again the alien drug dealers, apparently. Um, that was apparently the the treatment, I believe. Um, but, yeah, it, maybe it could have worked, maybe not. But, again, I don't think this film has that success. Like, like after, you know, cool. what's that? That's 16, we're talking not even 16 years, like... 20, 26 years he was campaigning for a sequel. What did you think of the music to the to the film as well? It was all right. It's quite 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 punchy in places, isn't it? Um, that friggin' song at the end, though, which was actually a, uh, I think it reached sixty seven on the Billboard one hundred, I think, <laughs> in America. Oh, so like a, a, as it go, touch me tonight. It's got nothing to do with the film. It has no influence on the film at all. You you hear it a couple of times as well, and then right at the end they play yeah. in full. It's like, yeah, Let I mean, get it right. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about um, about our pre-recording discussion about one of the songs where this oh, this God. guy on the is on the is on, what was he? He's driving some like it's a like fork- a forklift, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and what he's singing there is just horribly abusive to women, and he's like, "What the frig is this? Why are you not listening to Christmas songs?" It's like yeah, it's like a rap song, and it's like she's ugly, ugly. Women are ugly, ugly. And I was like, I was like, well, this song would not be released today ever, or you would never, you would never hear this again. I think, I think it was by the U U Crew. I want to say, um, yeah. but um, yeah, it's literally just about how ugly women are, or how ugly one particular woman is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is. I mean, again, it's nothing, this. <laughs> the the tune is not bad. It's just a standard yeah. rap tune. It's just all the all the all the lyrics are horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the only he's the only character or the the only like innocent bystander in the entire film that I didn't feel sorry for that he was killed. <laughs> yeah, he's like that's, this is how he he's listening to this music. So this is how we feel yeah. about women. So he should just yeah. Um, the way the way the way that um, Talek extracts the endorphins is quite it's a bit horrific, isn't it? Mm. So like, so he grabs a he grabs a female mechanic at a point in the film where I was like, oh, he's just targeting just targeting men. No, he grabs a female mechanic, slams her to the ground, rips open her shirt because he, he he drops the like the the wire, yeah, sort of like razor wire, device, isn't it? Yeah, he drops the razor wire straight into the middle of her chest paralyzes her and then like smashes her straight through the head with this spike that extracts the endorphins and that that's the first time you actually see the spike go into somebody's head i think as well yeah it's proper it's a bit like oh okay and it's it's a, it's a female victim as well yeah because he, he uses get, like a mild sort of like a mild view of it but then she's the one that comes out the worst in terms of what you see on camera yeah i was a little bit a little bit taken aback by it. i was like oh jesus Hmm. Like yeah. he slams it down pretty hard as well, and it's like fucking hell. Yeah. So I don't know whether there was something in that. I'm not entirely sure, but I don't know. Let's let's not read into it too much. <laughs> no, I don't know. It, 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 it threw me a little bit because I was like, what, "Where's this going? Why is this? Why is why are we seeing this mechanic? Is Dolph Lundgren going to come in and steal a car?" And then yeah. literally, Alex is there, 
feats the shit out of it. Draining yeah. other people. But yeah, it's 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 one of them. But the um the the music, the score anyway, was done by they were like they were like, right, buddy cop, buddy cop film, buddy cop film, drug dealers, heroin, cocaine. Let's get the guy who does the TV theme for Miami Vice. <laughs> Is it a guy called Jan, Jan Hammer? Um, so, so if you're if you're hearing some familiarity with uh, kind of Miami Vice, that that's basically their their mental kind of map. They were like, okay, yeah, let's get that guy. Um, it's Miami Vice with aliens. There we go. <laughs> I do I, I do like that the the alien is actually like. It's not just going right. Let's in- extract these endorphins. It's actually stealing the drugs from the criminals. Yeah, getting that, putting it in the little wire, putting it inside somebody. You can you can see their reaction to the drugs, the yeah. kind of euphoria, yeah. uh, and then paralyzes them as well. Starting straight away, doesn't it? it's like a dual effect. It paralyzes them so he can extract the endorphins without them reacting. Yeah, so just- then it goes. D- dagger into the brain and just sucks it all out of the brain. So I, I did. I do appreciate the kind of the, the process and the kind of sciencey stuff behind it. Again, very kind of reminiscent of Predator, um, yeah. but uh, I did quite like that. What did you What did you think of the kind of like the betrayal of of the partner? So um, Brian Benben is working very much for the feds and he's very by yeah. the book. And there's there's moments in in the film where he keeps making these phone calls, but you're not really sure who he's phoning or why yeah. he's phoning. But he's he's very he's adamant that he wants to make these phone calls. He t- tells one woman to piss off and give him some change to make a phone call at yeah. one point. Um, and then he tries the, to give her a dollar, and she just goes, she just fuck off, <laughs> moves away. <or> something. <laughs> um, and, and then you know, uh, Kane is keeping hold of the disc. Yeah. Le- leaves in his le- thinks he le- pe- people think that it's in his apartment. He gets robbed. Brian Benben turns up and goes, "Oh, I only just got here. It couldn't possibly be me." And then again, he leaves the disc with the scientist, and then he gets beaten up, and and the disc is stolen. Um, yeah. And then later on, we we find out that you know he has been leaking stuff to his boss and not keeping it within the partnership. Um, yeah. Because- and he steals the gun in the end, doesn't he? He goes, right, I'm going to go to my boss because this is where this needs to go. Your commissioner can't help with this, but my boss can. Uh, and he, and Kane's like, you're an idiot. You you know, the the you're a puppet on the strings of your boss. You know, they're going to tell you about, you know, breaking a few eggs to make an omelette and stuff. You know, yeah, you know. And the, the boss literally says that line. <laughs> Got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. Uh, so what what did you think of that kind of? Because I, I quite I quite enjoyed that kind of element that yeah. it was kind of slightly it, it was it's a buddy cop thing again. Like you said, they're very different. Like you were saying earlier yeah, on. Yeah. But I I kind of like still like the kind of like the double dealing aspect of of the of yeah. uh, Brian Benben's character. Yeah, I mean it it's another subplot in a film layered with subplots left, right, and centre. There's more subplots in this film than there are in Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, I mean. It adds it adds a it adds a layer to Brian Benben's character, um, and basically, you know, come the end of that, the realization and Dolph Lundgren saving him, it's kind of like you know he he sees that you know going by the book and doing things the right way doesn't always get you exactly, you know, the right response. So obviously, it's. You know, quite clear that they can try and cover everything up. That's why his boss goes to shoot him when he's not looking. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'll give you that. I mean, I was I was a bit I, I didn't really know what the point of it was at first. I was like, oh, he's just he's just 
he's just he's just doing it because he, he feels he has to. But you know, the subtext is that you know the FBI is trying to cover everything up and try and get away with everything. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was, you know, a favorite aspect of it. No, of the no. film for me. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. They probably could have done a lot more with it as well. Maybe further into a sequel or something, like you said. But it's one of them. It's yeah. I think I think I would have found that if if there was, like you said, there was more time spent on it instead of all these other kind of subplots and incidental yeah. characters, um, like like even them even them going into that building with the the guy from the yuppie the yuppie gang, like him setting yeah. off setting off all the car alarms. I thought was quite funny because obviously all yeah. the all the yuppies are interested in their cars and they don't want them being broken into. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed that. But then going up there and just being like, yeah, oh. And it's the guy. The guy in there is the the Fonzie guy from Friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not very threatening. He's not a very threatening guy. And you, never- mean, um, you mean the guy from Lost as well? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Um, yeah, Bernard. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that that bit, I was like, okay. <laughs> it was I- completely, completely throwaway almost. It was like yeah. oh, you could have done this in a way that didn't eat up the screen time. And you know, take the focus off some other aspects. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of a, a number of moments where I did just completely zone out. Hmm. Where I was like, oh, just it's I know bit, what's going on. I don't need this. It's a bit. It's a bit of a mixed bag. It is a bit of a mixed bag. But again, I came away. I came away enjoying it more than I hated it. I'd say um, just because it's it's cheesy '90s action, and that's kind of what I expected from from the trailer. I think I think the the um, the car chases are great. I think they're done really well. Um, I think they're you know photographed really interestingly and really fun. Especially the one with the aliens, really good, and the driving on the side yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I think the explosions look amazing. I'm pretty sure most of those most of those stunt men shouldn't have been anywhere near those explosions. <laughs> the way they look, yeah. um, especially especially if your main your main alien actor is doing all the stunt work himself. A lot of times I was like, fucking hell, he must have been shitting himself here. So he was just running along the cars and quite clearly the cars were exploding after he jumped over them. We're like, a bit close yeah. to the bone. And those boots look really awkward to run in as well. So he, yeah. he, did, he did pretty well. Those look You can really... tell when he's running down the street. I think when, uh, like, in the car chase at the end, when the car crashes and he, he comes out like the Terminator completely fine and you see him chasing after it, but he's not running properly. He's running like... yeah. God, arms are flailing everywhere, and his legs yeah. are like it's it's yeah, almost like his foot's doing kind of wobbly things side to side, yeah. kind of. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I think I'd probably give it like three stars uh, if I have to give it a rating. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, it's it's not it's not abundantly terrible. I've seen much worse. I think beyond the obvious moments, like with the alien and um, some of the cheesy action bits, it's completely forgettable. Yeah, you know, it's... on like on a bare bones basis, it's completely forgettable because there are other films, you know, like it. Like we've talked about Predator, yeah. Predator does it better, um, and you know, Robocop does some things better as well. The body cop, body cop drama things done better in Lethal Weapon. That's the problem. There are a lot of the stuff that this film has. It's done better elsewhere. The acting's better elsewhere. The story's better elsewhere. The script is better elsewhere. The female characters are better elsewhere, and that's the problem. Yeah. You're, for, you're forced to compare it to better things. Yeah. That's the problem, I think. Yeah, you, you you put this film in amongst others that it riffs off, 
and you know films that probably riffed off that what are you going to pick you know there is also better alternative christmas movies out there absolutely i can i can definitely say yeah. that um I mean, but... that's what we're looking at here isn't it it's like the the alternate christmas story and exactly you know as as highly connected as this film is at the beginning it kind of does away with it you know it doesn't doesn't really maintain that sort of like oh it's it's winter time. They're all wearing big coats and whatever, but mm. there's nothing really like. There is a there's another scene later on where the guy gets there's one guy who gets killed by Talek, and he is um, yeah. he's watching It's a Wonderful Life and singing Old Lang Syne, and he's yeah, got the tree. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, there's not really another mention of of Christmas really. Apart from maybe yeah. a few, it's, it's probably it was incidentally filmed around Christmas. That's probably it. So yeah. they're they're probably going, oh well, there's the shops are decked out for Christmas and you know that sort of thing. Um, but you know, I, I do I do I do wonder like if they'd have had like a bit more of a higher budget if they could have like had you know snow, you know what the film would have looked like because it's quite it's all set at night. It's quite dark and it's quite like miserable all the time. But like just a bit of like juxtaposition with you know some clear white snow in amongst all this chaos and whatever, or or one of the massive stash of dr- drugs gets blown up, and then it looks like it's snowing, but it's actually just <laughs> drugs, just lots of drugs, cocaine, yeah. heroin, all the whites, all the white yeah. drugs, all them drugs, <laughs> it's raining down, and everyone's like, oh yeah, and then everyone starts having a very good time, Christmas time. <laughs> um, that's my idea, you know. There yeah. you go. That's an interesting idea. I'm not sure you'd get away with it, but yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Mm. Well, uh, I don't think this is. I don't think this has warmed our Christmas spirits too much. But I have. I have enjoyed talking about it with you. Uh, no, no, I've enjoyed it. I mean, like I've, I've been quite critical of it, but I did enjoy myself. I did. I did watch this quite late at night, um, sort of like on a whim, trying to catch up, if you like. But yeah. Did uh, I did I did quite enjoy it. I mean, it's 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 so cheesy. It is cheesy. Um, there's, there's no there's no other way to look at it other than you know, like trying to have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, can't take it too seriously at all. Um, Again, you're, you're not if you're going in and thinking it's going to be you know lethal weapon or you know something like that, predator, or die hard or predator. If you're expecting something like that, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're going in and you're thinking, I'm, I'm I quite like Dolph Lundgren. I like buddy cop movies. I like '90s action. I like a bit of horror element with aliens interspersed. You know, you, you'll get all of that. You will get yeah. that. But again, some of the some of the parts are not as as fleshed out as they could have been or if we could have removed them or combined characters or situations um you know or had slightly longer action scenes instead of short ones maybe potentially um extended those instead of having two tiny ones but there we are but um but yeah i've I've, I've had i've had fun with it because again i knew what i was i knew what i was going in for and i think that's important with this film as long as you know that um then you'll have uh, you'll have a good time with it, I think, for the most part. You know, you'll you'll find you'll find something in there you'll like, definitely. Um, yeah. Speaking of Lethal Weapon as well, I forgot to mention the original title was called was uh, Lethal Contact. So yeah, I, I did look that up and I was like, mm, I wonder why they changed that because <laughs> mm, it's it's a little bit on the nose because it's first yeah. con- first contact encounters yeah. Oh, weapon. <laughs> yeah, and Lethal Weapon Buddy Cop. <laughs> It's just it's one of those it's one of those things where I want to combine these two things. I'm also going to combine the title of two different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slam them together. Um, 
But there you go. Um, but I have had a blast. Um, and I think everyone should check out your action movie November. Um, I think I think you'll, you'll have come to towards the end of it by now, uh, when this is yes. released, I think. Yeah, but, it will be over by now. But, like, uh, I've been running to watch Under Siege. I think I'm going to watch that by then, but yeah. Yeah, but... Um, but it does, uh, kind of, it does kind of fit in towards like, the back end and into sort of like Christmas and, and your alternativity stories. So it's kind of a, a nice little uh, overlap, if you like. Yeah, it's a nice kind of crossover segue. And I um, hope we yeah. can do a, do a few more of these because I do I do enjoy working with you. And I think we've got a few fans out there that like like the stuff that we do. Um, I think so. I think so. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely check out. So it's Angry Andy Reviews on YouTube, uh, Facebook, um, Twitter as well, um, Angry yeah. Angry Andy? Is it angry? Under- uh, no, it's uh, at Andy underscore review. Yeah. Underscore so I couldn't review. get the angry for some reason. So yeah, at Andy underscore review. So. Don't worry. Mine's, mine's at Dan Ball underscore balls. So not too, not too different. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some great stuff. I, I, I really enjoyed your, um, your, the, the Darth Revan video was good. Um, I really like that one. Uh, the Utopia, oh, yeah. the Utopia one's been quite popular, I believe. Yeah, I'm really surprised by that. I don't, I don't have, I don't have that many subscribers or usually that many views. I usually, I just do this purely for fun, basically, just to keep me entertained. But that Utopia, um, basically, I just I lamented the remake of Utopia, which is a Channel Four show, mm. and um, it's streaming on Amazon. Um, I, just, I, I didn't like it. I mean, I am Jack's musings will probably be listening right now and sort of like challenging me to uh, to watch it fully. And I did. And I absolutely despise it. And my little sort of lamentation on it has uh, amassed quite a, a, a lot of views, surprisingly so. So, um, yeah. Excellent. People stuff. do like misery. People like listening and watching misery. <laughs> Well, they might like this. They might like this podcast then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's, my, my YouTube channel's got a, a very modest subscriber following, so by all means, do check it out. Yeah, Watch subscribe, like, YouTube. comment, yeah. do all the good things. Um, I, I personally, my preference is every time you do the the movie reviews, but I do appreciate the yeah. the lightsaber reviews and stuff because again, it's not something it's not something I kind of look at. Like I know you look into like like the minutia of of like the detailing and stuff like that. It's not it's not something that is necessarily something I would do or yeah. I would talk about. Again, I don't have a, a YouTube you know contingent as of yet, really. Um, but I do by the time this video goes up. Hey, who knows? Not by the time this, this uh, podcast goes up. So. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll keep, keep our uh, keep our uh, fingers crossed. But um, but yeah. Um, again, again, you can find Andy on Facebook, YouTube, and and as mentioned on Twitter. Um, I don't know if do you have an Instagram or anything like that. No, I've not. I've not bothered with Instagram, unfortunately. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, I I think it might be worth might be worth a try. It might be worth a shout. Just the old yeah. hash the old hashtags work pretty well for me on there. So uh, so so um yeah, I'd absolutely uh, recommend it. Um, but um but yeah, so this has been yeah. this has been good. I really enjoyed this. It's been yeah, thank you bit, very much for having me again. Really, I do enjoy lamenting stuff that you force me to watch. You love it. <laughs> you love it. Okay. 
I say it every time. I can't wait for the next random one to <laughs> pop up. Whatever you want this to look at. Hey, we'll 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 see what we'll see what's on my mind. See what see what's happening. We don't know. I'm gonna try a few. I'm gonna try doing a few more different things in the new year. So we'll uh, we'll see what pops up. Um, I'm going to shake things up a little bit, see what happens. Um, but again, um, you can find me at Facebook. So it's at Secret Balls on Facebook, at Dan underscore Balls on Twitter, Instagram. It's Spider Dan Secret Balls, and the podcast available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and many, many more. And if you'd like to donate towards the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Spider Dan and the Secret Balls. And when you interact with us, don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. Um, I've been Dan. I'm wishing you all happy holidays this year. Uh, there's a lot more to come this year from Alternativity Stories. Um, so keep your up. Keep your eyes peeled <laughs> with some weird and wacky stuff. Um, I'm going to say goodbye for now. Uh, goodbye, Andy. Thank you again for joining me today. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you very much.